0: Welcome to The Bittersweet Life, a show about living abroad and moving home. And more than that, it's a deep exploration of what it means to live, to truly be alive. Your host, Tiffany Parks, is a childhood friend of mine. She lives in Rome, Italy. She moved there from the United States 16 years ago. And me? I'm Katie Sewell. I was a short-term expat for a time, living in Italy, right down the street from Tiffany. And then I moved home to Seattle, Washington. That's where I am now. So you are in the right place. If you love Italy or travel, if you're thinking about moving abroad or lived in a foreign place in the past, it's a show about life and we're glad you're here. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we're going to do a listener mailbag episode. Yay! We've been getting a lot of great listener insights and feedback lately. I hope it's okay uh, if we share these letters. And we're not going to be able to get to all of the great thoughts, so I'll probably share a few more on Thursday's mini-episode. But to get us started, Tiffany in freezing cold Rome, Katie here over in Seattle, which is also very cold. We have definitely turned toward fall. And for those of you who listen on a regular basis, a few weeks back or a couple weeks back, you heard episode number 395, where we tackled a listener email from Tyler asking us whether or not he should move abroad right now or if he should wait for the pandemic to do whatever it's going to do in the next year and see if there's a safer time to go. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I suggest you go back and listen. But there were some questions that we had about where he was thinking of going, what he was thinking of doing. And if you recall, Tiffany was of the position, go, 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 go right now. No need to wait. You're ready to go. You've got the money. Get on that plane head out of town.
1: Yeah, well, particularly, if you put it off, you might not go. It's not that I think he needs to go today instead of next month. It's just don't put it off for a year because you might, you know, anything could happen any year, you might not go.
0: Right. And I was uh, going the other direction. I was saying, you know, you have time. And if you go a year from now, that's okay, too. So (laughs) I was on the more cautious side of things. So anyway, I wanted to read tiffany tiffany has not heard this yet mm-hmm. but tyler wrote us back and gave us a little bit more detail and an update on what he thought of the episode i can't wait to hear this okay he says hi katie and tiffany both of you were hit and miss given how few specifics i gave you in my message so take heart katie overall your point of view resonated with me more oh
1: which i was like yes <laughs> oh man i <laughs> can't believe it
0: Hearing your bet that I would still go even if I waited a year based on my previous actions struck me as true, even though I was doubting it because I moved back home. Tiffany, your reminder that it's okay to feel how you feel was equally important, even if it didn't jive as much with the go, 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 go. (laughs) So I'm grateful for those words too. In some, I feel more aligned with Katie's hey, there's time still because I am more confident this desire will still be on my heart. The reasons I'm going with a year and not less, are to help renovate my dad's house and complete transitioning from Catholicism to Orthodoxy. These aren't obligations so much as commitments. I've decided that they're worth it, given that I feel a lot more confident in myself that I won't let life get away when that year is up. That episode helped me clarify that. So as to the context you asked for, I had already taken the initiative to keep up to date on changing situations in a few countries I've been interested in like you guys talked about. I'm not settled on a place yet. The big choice will be what I want to prioritize. Becoming bilingual, I'd return to Latin America on a work visa, or another experience. Part of me really wants to volunteer at this NGO in a refugee camp in Greece called Second Tree for however long I could legally stay, though that would not aid my Spanish. There are the broad strokes. Warmly, Tyler. P.S., I sent this episode to certain close friends and my pen pal in Iran told me Tiffany's remarks really resonated with her.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm trying to get over the disappointment of him not picking me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, No, I think it's great. I think I'm really happy that we helped him clarify some of his own ideas. And I think what you said is really true on that episode. You were kind of like, sometimes you just need to hear somebody tell you what to do, to feel that knee-jerk reaction and be like, oh, I don't want to do that, or yes, that's what I want to do. And then once you feel that, you're like, okay, okay. It's really not what the person tells you to do. It's what your reaction is that will, will then guide you.
0: Absolutely. Okay, well, why don't you read us one? How about we got an email from Rebecca? Yes. And we're, by the way, we're going to be kind of jumping all over the place here. All of these people are responding to different episodes. Yes. Which I thought would be more fun.
1: Yeah. You know, what's great is that we have a lot of listeners who have found us recently and are still catching up maybe listening to episodes from three years ago.
0: Yes, I kind of love that, actually.
1: I do too, actually.
0: Because I've always said, go back and listen from the beginning. And it's great that people go back and listen from the beginning.
1: People do. They do, I know.
0: Because it makes it feel like all those conversations are still alive. Yeah,
1: and that Katie and Tiffany back then are still alive. Yeah,
0: and I think it's all still relevant. That's the thing. Every time I listen back to an old episode, it doesn't feel to me like it no longer makes any sense.
1: Yes, that's great. That is really great. Okay. So Becca says, I discovered the podcast back in January, and I have been slowly but surely working my way through all the past episodes. After listening to episode 246 on travel regrets, I figured I might still get sympathy, even though the episode was a few years ago. I'm an elementary teacher. I spent three years teaching at an international school in Guatemala, and then have spent the past nine years working at an international school in Prague. So your podcast has resonated with me in so many ways. Back in 2007, when I was finishing up university, I had the opportunity to student teach at an international school in South Korea. As I was preparing to leave for South Korea, the director of the school warned me that I needed to leave the country at least once. My mom gave me the contact information for some acquaintances she had in the Philippines, and when I wrote to them, they were more than happy to have a random American girl visit them over Thanksgiving in November. Meanwhile, the school in South Korea contacted me and asked if I wanted to join some of the teachers on a day trip to China in October. I immediately said yes, and then decided not to go to the Philippines in November. To this day, I have no idea why I decided that. I had the money, I had the time, I had a place to stay, and I said no. All that is to say, that episode really stood out to me, because I still feel that, all these years later, especially since I haven't gotten back to visit Asia since then.
0: I know. It's amazing how the things that you regret that you could have done that you don't do just sort of hang around. Ah, uh, they totally do. And then, of course, there's the ones that you didn't do and you don't regret ever doing. And those just sort of vanish like birds taking off for the South.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of people say you regret most what you didn't do than what you did do. It's mm-hmm. like a common adage. Do you think that's true?
0: Um, yeah, I think in most things. Most of all,
1: yeah. I mean, obviously you're going to regret a major mistake. Like if you made like a massive mistake in your life, you're going to regret that. Sure. But I think for the most part, like the average regret is, oh, I I should have gone to the Philippines and stayed with those people.
0: Yeah, I should have said yes to that opportunity. Yeah. I'm sure I mentioned this on the episode. It was so long ago, I don't remember. But there was a period of time in my life when I was doing some travel, but I didn't really have very much money. I would be in places, but I wouldn't go into any of the museums. I wouldn't go anywhere. You know, I wouldn't spend money on anything else other than the fact that I was there and I had to eat. Other times I would have the money, but I tend to be a bit frugal. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe part of that is being a freelancer or maybe part of that is the way I was raised, but I tend to be a little bit, I don't know. I hate to say miserly.
1: No, you're not miserly.
0: I don't spend money
1: frivolously you're frugal you're you're parsimonious okay i'll go with that (laughs) and so sometimes
0: i'll really want to do something and i for whatever reason won't want to spend 30 bucks (laughs) and i'm really trying not to do this anymore because those are the things that really stand out to me yeah (laughs) you you it was 30 dollars i spent more than 30 dollars on dinner last weekend you know i should have gone into that national park i really wanted to see those things hang around me a lot.
1: Yeah, because you know, you never, you're not going to miss the money. Mm-mm. Not when it's $30, you know, maybe $3,000. But you know, you're not going to miss $30 It's not going to change your life in any way. I mean, luckily, that's it's, it's, it's a, a good, good thing. thing.
0: Yeah. And I could just not go out for dinner.
1: Yes, it's so easy to make up for an expenditure in another way. Although that's the slippery slope, let me tell you. That's true. And Let me tell you when it comes to like buying books, because that's my, is, you know, my big thing. And I'm always like, you know, if I don't buy any food for my child this week, maybe I can buy, no, just kidding. <laughs> I don't go that far. Yes, you you especially know this if you're a
0: Patreon supporter, because you've been hearing the bonus episodes of <laughs> Tiffany's secret shame. Oh, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. No, no. But I do have to hide it from my husband because he gets mad. Yes, it might lead to divorce. (laughs) Who knew that a book addiction could lead to divorce? We'll see. Uh, Just kidding. It's not leading to divorce. All right, let's read another one. This one is from Robin. And she is responding to a mini episode I did a little over a week ago, talking about my first days in Rome, where I was reading through some of the pathetic journals of me (laughs) feeling Lonely and out of place, and what am I doing here, and oh my gosh, I upended my life completely, blah, blah, blah. And so she's reflecting on that. She said, Katie, I loved hearing your memories of your first days in Rome. I know looking back at journals can be mortifying, and it's often why I don't commit words and feelings to paper. It's easier to look back with rose-colored glasses without concrete evidence otherwise. That said, this is an honest reflection of what you were feeling in those first days and what a gift to be able to access those memories and see yourself grow as the days go by. My husband and I were fortunate to have lived in Europe for 13 years in six different countries due to his job. I wish that I had committed to keeping a journal during those years. So much has been lost. Sure, there are memories that pop up, but to remember what I was feeling at the time, or even little details, the name of that great little coffee shop, or the nice German couple we met on the Bodensee, would be priceless. Your recollection brought me back to my first days in Paris. We arrived in Paris in July of 2011, with our sons, aged 7 and 1 at the time. We had just moved from Bosnia, where the cost of living is low. We had a large expat social network and household help. Paris and Rome, I imagine, hold this exotic allure for many Americans. The reality of life isn't sipping champagne and museum hopping. It's finding an apartment and hauling your stroller up and down flights of stairs because apparently elevators don't exist in Paris. It's sidestepping dog poo and apologizing to your downstairs neighbor about your child making too much noise when he walks. It's making missteps and grammatical errors and trying to find a store that sells turkeys at Thanksgiving. But it's also awe-inducing when you're walking down a side street and you catch a glimpse of the Eiffel Tower twinkling at you. It's that feeling when you finally get your kid enrolled in the local creche. It's meeting new people that will become lifelong friends. It's that feeling when friends visit that you finally know what you're doing here. (laughs) I've long kept a journal of meals, but you've inspired me to finally start keeping a record of my days. I hope that by reading them someday it will give me insight into who I was at that stage of life. Thank you for your podcast. I've especially enjoyed the episodes on culture shock and reverse culture shock. We are back in the States and this has been the hardest transition ever. I've managed to forge a life here in the Midwest and find some sense of peace through volunteerism and teaching ESL, but I miss living abroad and I don't know if I will ever feel truly at home in the US. All the best to you, Robin.
1: Wow. First of all, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So much of that was just so beautifully written that I almost wanted to like write it down and like quote it <laughs> on a social media post because it was, it's so true what she writes about the stark realities of daily life, but also the beauty at the same time.
0: Yes, the awe of spotting the Eiffel Tower twinkling at you as you walk to the store or something like that.
1: Yeah, it. it I can't imagine how hard it would be to move back to the States after living what did you say, nine different countries in Europe? That's amazing and that would, that would be very hard and it's not surprising to me that that was her hardest transition moving back. And I doubt it's surprising to you. Not at
0: all, 13 years, six different countries.
1: Wow, still a lot.
0: I mean, I know how hard a transition it was for me to move back after one year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and still in some ways continues to be. And, and that was, what, seven years ago? Yeah, it Six was 6 years ago, seven, 7 years. Ago. Mm-hmm. But so to have lived abroad for 13 years and come back, I I can only imagine that it's going to take some time yeah. to feel
1: right for yeah. sure, for sure. Robin, if it's okay, I might quote you on that. I might quote some of those lines of that letter on a social media post because it was that good.
0: Well, and that is something that we don't really talk much about when we talk about the beauty of Rome and the art of Rome and the reality of Rome. We have talked a bit about the reality, but let's also admit that Rome, like Paris, is covered in dog poop and covered in graffiti Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and trash. And if you've been reading the paper lately, wild boar. Yeah,
1: wild boars. The trash is bad. The tra- I was walking around the center today, and the trash is surprisingly bad right now. Mm-hmm. Graffiti, you see it in Trastevere. That's where you see the graffiti. That's where you, know, you were living, where, where I was living at the time. You don't see graffiti as much on the other side of the river.
0: Well, out by the, the train station. Oh, the big... well, the
1: train station, yeah. I mean, you get that any city. True. By the train station. But uh, I do have to say the trash has become a bit of a problem. Yes.
0: So it's not all beautiful. But you can be walking past that big pile of trash and still see. St. Peter's Cathedral. Yeah, so. well, you
1: walk. I just today I was walking out of the metro at España, and there was this huge. Clearly, someone had ripped open the trash bags, mm-hmm. looking for I don't know what you know, something to recycle maybe. And it was just all over the street, sprawl. It wasn't like bags of garbage piled on each other. It was just trash, right by the trash can, but like sprawled. And you step over it, you walk past it, you turn the corner, and there was the Spanish Steps. <laughs> So yes. Such as Same human deal. existence. <laughs> right? Yes. or l- It's a little bit beautiful. It's a little bit messy.
0: Mm-hmm. True. Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week, I want to thank Marsha for joining us as a regular donor at patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you'll get access to two bonus episodes every month, plus the entire back catalog. And you'll be invited to our first live meetup. Online this Wednesday at nine pm Rome time noon Seattle time and all the times in between. Supporting this show is vital to its continuation. If you have the means and enjoy listening to this show, please join us as a regular donor. There are links in the show notes or at the bittersweetlife.net. If you don't have the means, you're still a part of this community. Spread the word, tell your friends about us, write an article, make a blog post, Anything that you can do to spread the word and share this show with other people is much appreciated. Now back to the show.
1: So yes, we have one other email to share with you tonight or not tonight, but to share with you
0: tonight for you today for me
1: tonight for me, the
0: morning for you, who knows
1: whatever. This one comes from Lindy. I started listening to the bittersweet life in early 2020. In addition to being current on episodes, I'm working my way through the archive. I had a tough day recently which was brightened immensely by what became my favorite quote of the week. You see a person, you get an idea. You see a pigeon, they get employed. (laughs) Episode 252, Creativity. So for those
0: of you who don't know what the heck that means, you'll have to go back and listen. I don't know what it means either. I can't remember. (laughs) 252, is that what you just said? Creativity?
1: Yes, episode 252, Creativity. She says, ha, I truly appreciate your humor, Katie thanks for the hearty laugh when I needed it. In case you'd like to know how people find out about the podcast, I heard about you from the Far From Home podcast, which I found through an NPR Planet Money episode. It all comes back to public radio.
0: It always comes back to public radio. <laughs> Far From Home, for those of you who don't know, Scott and the host of that show, has been on this show. Yes. Way, way back in the day. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even know. Season 2, 3, somewhere mm-hmm. back there.
1: Episode Rally.
0: Yes. I can't tell you the number. Yes, and we've uh, been good, supportive fans of one another ever since. So if you haven't, check out the Far From Home podcast.
1: But please, go on. She writes, I moved to Singapore from the U.S. in the summer of 2018. I'm in my early 40s and have been interested in travel and other cultures since high school. I lived in India for a summer during college and started my career in international education, i.e. study abroad. I'd been lucky to travel for work and in my personal life, but I still had an interest slash life goal of living in another country. Luckily, my partner was on board and we actually had the opportunity to move to Singapore through his work. As you both know, living abroad brings both joys and challenges. I find that friends and family from home who have not lived abroad can't really understand the ups and downs of being an expat. Or don't care to hear about it, ha. (laughs) It often seems my expat friends abroad aren't that interested in discussing some of the deeper issues of life. Your show has been a much-needed outlet for reflection, introspection, perspective, and just plain joy. I truly love the conversations between the two of you, but I also appreciate the interspersion of guests. I have picked up a handful of books from the authors you've interviewed, and I have many more on my to-read list. The variety of topics you cover while still sticking to your podcast's main themes makes the show so interesting. And of course, the audio production quality is top notch. Looking at you, Katie.
0: I'm not going to say that's why I had you read this email, but no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I missed having new episodes when you were away in August, but I was excited when season nine started. I would love to join you for the upcoming online meetup, but unfortunately it will be 3 a.m. in Singapore. I know it's not possible to fit every time zone into your window. I hope the event goes well and perhaps I'll be able to make a future event. Thanks again for the much needed and appreciated laugh and for being general good company on this journey. Aww. Take care, Lindy.
0: Such a nice such a nice email.
1: Very so very much so.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have to so we're for those of you who don't know, we we are having a online meetup this coming Wednesday, yeah. October twentieth, with our regular donors on both Patreon and PayPal and we definitely did have that problem with what the heck time could we possibly do a meetup where people could come mm-hmm. and so we settled on the time when we usually tape the show which is 9 p.m your time yeah in rome and noon my time in seattle And of course, we stuck it on Wednesday. So it's also a work day. So this is going to be a real gamble. Mm -hmm. Hopefully some of you will show up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But we're going to adjust the time. We're hoping to do these meetups more frequently. So we'll we'll move it around and we'll see if we can catch everybody at some point. For sure. But yes, not too late to join. If you want to become a regular donor before Wednesday, I will send you the invitation to come. There are links in the show notes. But going back to what she says... One, I'm so impressed with all of these letters in how well traveled and entrepreneurial these people are and in getting to different parts of the world and living there. I'm very impressed being a person who has never really sorted out how it could be done with (laughs) one exception. I'm impressed that all four of you are finding your way out there. And we recently did get an email asking, how do people do this in middle age when they have children and how do you get jobs and we're gonna talk about that and we're gonna think about that and see if we can do
1: a show about that but but
0: yes i'm very impressed with all of you
1: i definitely feel her in what she says about her friends back home not being really able to understand her experiences as an expat i felt a little bit of that but also, you know, the other side of the coin, which is that her expat friends, sometimes they don't really want to go very deep. Mm. And I have to say that I feel so lucky to be able to have these conversations with you every week. It's, it's a rare thing. And I've, it's not the first time that I've you know thought about that. Not only to have a really meaningful conversation almost every single week, sometimes we have unmeaningful conversations, and those are fun too. <laughs> but uh, or meaningless I should say but to get to have to get to go deep in these issues and talk about them and hear another perspective of someone else and then to get to do it with a close friend yeah it's pretty amazing and I feel really lucky for that even though you're on the other side of the world and so you know it's not like you're over here but but it's it's the second best thing
0: it's funny because I don't know if you feel like this Tiffany because there are two sides of this show for me There's the actual making of the show and all the people who listen to it. And then there's all the work on the outside of it. How do we make sure we have the funding to do it? If we want to get a sponsor, how do we do that? How do we make the audience get bigger? Because we think what we're making is better. So how do we make sure more people hear about it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the business stuff that just is like stabbing yourself in the heart when you're an artist, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Over and over and every week, you kind of feel like you're failing. And one of the the things about this show that has always been complicated is exactly what she touches on, which makes it feel like a vindication a little bit, is that its scope is pretty wide. Mm -hmm. It's not a tips and tricks for moving abroad show. Mm -mm. It's not just a travel show. It's not just a show with authors on it. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I know what fits on the show and what doesn't. And I think you do too. But also, if you were write down like, what is this show in one line? I find it extremely hard to describe. And everybody who's in business out there right now just groaned because they know that that is like the biggest problem when you're trying to figure out how to sell a product. And it was recently suggested to me that what we need to do to grow the show is we need to pare it down, narrow it, narrow it, give it a more specific focus. And there was something about that that just exactly like that knife in the heart thing. Again, I felt like, oh, but I don't want to do that.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I think when it comes to art, you've got to go with your vision, I you guess. Know, yeah. Whether or not that's popular, you know, and I I did a tour about Caravaggio mm-hmm. recently. I did a Caravaggio tour and one of the things that I talk about on that tour is how Caravaggio could not go against his own vision. You know, he he knew what the church wanted, he knew what the rules were. It was it was written down. There were books written about it about what you could and could not do in art. And he knew what the style of the day was. He couldn't force himself to do it. Other artists did. Other great artists did, like Annibale Caracci um, and Cavalier D'Arpino. They knew what the church wanted. They were, quote-unquote, smarter. You know, they were savvier. And they, while they were alive, had more successful careers. Not to say that Caravaggio wasn't successful in his lifetime, because he certainly was. But not to that extent. He wasn't quite as comfortable as they were. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason that you know, nobody goes nuts over Cavalier d'Arpino, sorry, and not very many people go nuts over Caracci, not not as many, at least. And so many people go nuts over Caravaggio and just are obsessed with Caravaggio is because he did follow his vision, and he didn't care what the people who were in the know told him to do and, you know, followed their directions, and this is going to get you in with the church, and if you do this, you're going to get a painting in St. Peter's Basilica, and yada, yada, yada. No, he he didn't, he couldn't. He couldn't or he wouldn't. In the end, he didn't. And I and I respect him for that. Yeah, me too. I definitely do, for sure.
0: It's a little different in the world of podcasting.
1: So don't <laughs> sell out, Katie. Don't sell out. I don't
0: think I can. Why is it different? I don't think I can. I don't think
1: it's different. I think that people, artists, make a choice at some point in their lives, mm-hmm. uh, in their careers, whether they want to go full-on commercial and do what's going to make money, or whether they want to... You know, to follow their creative instincts, and I'm not saying. I think sometimes it might be both. You know, some lucky artists, their creative instinct might be something very commercial and good for them. But I, I, I think you and I are both on the other side of the, um, on the other side of that. We're, <laughs> um, <laughs> and hey, yeah. you know, some people, some people get lucky, and and, and, mm. they, and they, but I don't know. Now I'm not making any sense anymore.
0: No, no, it's it, it, yeah, it is interesting. It's interesting to think about. I'm sure I've told you and I don't know if I've actually said it on the show, but a very respected friend of mine who's a newspaper journalist here in the Seattle area once told me that the reason that the show is brilliant, which I I like to use the word brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is the reason why it will never be popular? He said. He's like <laughs> you're like the New York Times Sunday Magazine, where you just never really know what you're gonna get. <laughs> and because of that, it's great, and because of that, you'll never be big. I don't know. It's an interesting. It's an interesting compliment.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? Let me let me turn this. It's around. not even a compliment. It's it's both a compliment and a. Uh, Well, criticism. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, but I think I would say to that. My response to that is: this show has been around for eight years. True. Okay, that is already a success in and of itself. Right. I can't believe we're taping this conversation. This is like (laughs) the kind of conversation we would have not during an episode. So you're just here for it. Um, (laughs) So I think that most podcast. I read somewhere that most podcasts don't get past five episodes. Literally, like the, the vast majority of podcasts, they don't do more than five episodes. Mm-hmm. And how many have we done, Katie? I think we're over... We're almost up to 400, not counting the minis. No, but if you count the mini episodes, we're over 500. Yeah. And secondly, my second point that I want to say before we end, which we should end pretty soon. Yes. You're always the one <laughs> saying we need to end this episode, but today <laughs> it's me. Yeah. I think yeah. our listeners really like what we do. Yeah. That's and... True. I would rather have a smaller number of listeners who are passionate about the show and who love it. And, you know, from the emails that we get, we have relationships with so many of our listeners. And I would rather have a smaller number of listeners who are just absolutely adore the show than a huge number of listeners who are like, okay, wh- what's next in my feed? Like, what's going to come up? I'm driving to work. Whatever it is, I'll just listen to it. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it in that way, I mean, that's the thing. It's like most don't make it past five episodes. I think we made it through partly because we like doing it together, partly because you had a radio producer on your side who's like, oh, my gosh, one person is showing up. We got to be there. (laughs) Like We can't leave them standing on the street corner alone. Uh, (laughs) They're there. They're waiting to hear from us. But also I just that exactly that thrill of being introduced to all these people all over the world that we never would have known otherwise.
1: Yeah. So so keep writing in guys because the messages that we get they do not go to spam. Uh, they they get read and they get discussed. Even if we don't discuss them on an episode, we often discuss them amongst ourselves. And also, hey, what about we do, uh, what would you call it, a request for feedback? Write us a one-liner. Write us a tagline. <laughs> I love that idea. Send us in one sentence or less what this show is about. If you were a marketing executive and you had to do a one-line log line. For this show, what would it be? Send it to us. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. That'd be great. Yeah, we'll give you a major, major props and shout out if we go with your idea. Yeah, I love it. We had people writing in ideas for the title of my book, if you'll remember. Yeah, that's and right. so many people wrote in, as well as names for for, for
0: Aurelio. Yeah. <laughs> I know your child was was named, but not named by the audience,
1: but could have been, could have been, could have been, could have been. But yeah, send send those in for real. Like I'm serious yeah okay bittersweet
0: life podcast at gmail.com yes bittersweet life podcast at com, or through the contact us page at the bittersweet i suppose you could also send it social media sure
1: we're on facebook twitter and instagram just search for the bittersweet life
0: and remember if you are a regular donor to the show wednesday if you're free you're gonna have to calculate the time i can't calculate the entire world but if you're free Wednesday, European
1: Central Time at 9 p.m. That's Rome. So Rome, Paris, Berlin, 9 p.m. London would, you know, anywhere in the UK is going to be 8 p.m. Seattle, noon. Seattle, noon. That's Pacific Coast
0: Time. And New York would be, you know, East Coast. Would be 3, 3 p.m. That's why I'm saying you have to calculate it out for yourself. Because, I think people can handle you know, it,
1: Katie. I think people can. I think they can handle it. I think you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the 20th. Two days from now it's not too late to become a regular donor no just head over to patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast and you can sign up for as little as five dollars a month to be one of our patrons and uh, you will be invited to this and hopefully future meetups if this one goes well
0: and for those of you who know that you're already a regular donor on PayPal or patreon or if you were a major donor at one time. You should have already received one invitation about this. I'll be sending another one out the day of, but check your spam just in case it went somewhere else. But you should have it already. Yes. Write to me if you don't. (laughs) And until next time. Thank you so much for your letters. We'll read a few more on Thursday. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie
1: Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye.
0: If you love the show, take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to read while you listen. And your rating might help someone else discover the show. Take just a couple of minutes to let the world know what you think of this show. It means the world to us. Thanks.